0: Welcome to ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, who's going to be missed more, Stetson or Munkin?
1: And iron sharpens iron, so Grady Jarrett says, but there are a couple scenarios where we've seen it already and maybe some more that we
0: want to see. It's ATL Day 1s. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. So wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, everybody was talking about iron sharpens iron, but what does that mean for the Atlanta Falcons? We'll talk about that, but first, got to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs team, they're going for their third national championship in a row. Wow, that is, is amazing to hear people say, to hear somebody say that, right? That is absolutely crazy. Um, Hasn't been, um, the uh, Alabama won back-to-back national championships back in 2011, 2012 season. So, you know, that was the last time it had been done. So uh, Kirby Smart has solidified himself as one of the best coaches in the land. But do you see the loss of their office coordinator, Todd Munkin, who people gave a lot of credit for, you know, bringing these national championships to Georgia, and the loss of Stetson Bennett, who was a Heisman candidate last year. Do you see that as easy as people are talking about it? T? Does it seem like it can be that that uh, that uh, that attainable with the lot, those big losses that I just named?
1: Yeah, I, and I think it definitely is because when we talked about who, which of them is the hardest to replace, like, where's the, who has the highest ceiling? I honestly think it's Carson Beck, and here's why. Mike Bobo has had successful offenses. So that, yeah, so that won't be an issue for him. He's worked with Kirby Smart before. He also is a recruiting juggernaut all by himself. So he is perfectly capable of finding pieces out there. Some pieces that we probably haven't even seen yet, but we know one of the key pieces, Dylan Raiola, that they're going to get you know, down the road. But the yeah. point I'm making is when he's out there on the recruiting path or on, on the recruiting trail, he knows what kind of player is going to fit the Georgia system perfectly. So a right. lot of these players are going to have been either handpicked by him or certainly co-signed in some way, shape, or form. I think they're good with Mike Bobo at OC think the biggest challenge is going to be Carson Beck, number one, because yeah, it turns out Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett the fourth has some big shoes to fill. Yes. So Carson Beck has to be prepared for that. Like you said, great thing that he did get those 58 snaps, even if it was just for a feel of what the college game is like versus say the high school game. Right. But I right. think too, he's definitely going to have to show improve. Of course, fall campus starting this week, and this is his opportunity to shine. Granted, there are five quarterbacks who are on that depth chart, but really, this is about a three-way race, right? And really, it's Carson Beck, and then you've got Brock Vandegript and uh, Gunnar Stockton kind of in that mm. mix as well. But ultimately mm. speaking, I don't think there's so much pressure from those two as it is pressure to perform the way Stetson did, or you know, at least to that level. At least to that level. A lot of pressure yeah. for him.
0: That's gonna be that's gonna be because here's the thing, I, I think that, you know, let's go back to why Tyler Monk was brought in because hey, he's a guy that, you know, gonna establish the run and be able to run the football, but also being able to, you know, toss the ball around the yard when yes. when it's called for. And I think that when you have guys like a Brock Bowers, you know, as your your safety blanket, so to speak, I hate to minimize his his talents by saying that. And I feel like I am when I do say that, because the guys in the, is probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NF, 2024 NFL draft. Yeah. So I feel like there is. And then you got the three headed monster in the running back in that running back room that yes. that is going to be able to, you know, be able to comfort Carson Beck in his transition. But Mm -hmm. the one thing about Stetson Bennett that it took me some time to come around on is the dude came up big in big, in big moments. Like, because at some point you're going to have to throw the football Mm -hmm. and you know, you can't lean on that running game when there are come games, uh, even this year, like there are some games that are marked on the schedule, right? We can look at yeah. Tennessee and say, "Hey, it might be there might be some, some some competition there, or maybe even Florida, Billy Napier and all those guys getting to, mm-hmm. get some things going down there in Gainesville. So there yeah. might be some room for you to have to make some plays right. either early on when they come out, because those teams are gonna you're, gonna you're gonna get your best shot from every team every on your team. schedule. Now, even though the you know, schedule a little weak sauce, but the teams that have those capabilities to at yeah. least punch you in your mouth in, uh, in that first quarter, they're going to come. And, and then Carson Beck is going to have to be able to step up. So I think that, yeah. you know, with Bobo, you know, he had top, top 10 offenses. Monkey mm-hmm. had top 10 offenses when he won those national championships. So right. those are some of the things that, you know, that we're going to have to pay attention to. But I feel like Carson Beck is going to have to prove himself at some point during this season, regardless of uh, strength of schedule.
1: And I think he'll be fine because of a couple things. Number one, we just got word maybe within the last hour that three O-linemen are literally up for, um, and of course, uh, the three D-linemen as well. But three O-linemen, of course, Cedric Van Pran Granger, yeah. uh, Tate mm-hmm. Ratledge, and Nazir Stackhouse, all three named to the Outland Trophy list. So you have an O-line that is consistent. And we talk about that even. Talk about that are... exactly. <laughs> the about the safety Exactly. That's the ultimate safety Your O-line having some consistency and yes. three of your O-linemen are headed for the top trophy in the country. And we talk about that with the Falcons and how important the consistency was with them, Does bringing Caleb McGarry back, right? right? And so I look at that, and I think what's going to help him as well is having what we'll call veteran presence in the wide receiver room because he does, in addition to, to of course, getting Brock Bowers back, but he also has Lab McConkie coming back, and he has Marcus Roseme St. John. So I think St. Tech potentially. Yeah. So I think those things could help him. The fact that, hey, you're not going out there and you're throwing to a bunch of newbies as well. They're not going to be new to this. They're going to know all of the pressures that come with having this G on your helmet. And I think those guys as veterans are going to kind of help to bring him along too.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of veterans, how about this? The Braves are getting a, another veteran back. in A.J. mentor. he made they, got, they take the L last night, 4-1. Yeah, I know it. I know it. It's baseball, you know, we, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the positive on this thing. A.J. Mitchell returns, T. He, he has a clean sheet, no runs given up. And I think that when you have, you know, especially when, you know, the trade deadline is, is coming up in a, just a few. Yeah. When you have somebody perform like that coming off their injury, how big is that for, for yeah. Alex Anthopoulos?
1: I feel like it's so huge for him to have had, all it was was one inning, but it was scoreless. Yeah. It was scoreless. That's so critical because what he did was at least in uh, middle relief, kind of put his closer in position to not have to. Now we, of course, know Rome was given up late, but he at least yeah, put sure. him in position to be able to do the job as long as the Braves could come up with the runs, which unfortunately they could not. But yeah, that AJ Minter coming back last night was huge, at especially at this juncture, just 24 hours at that time before the deadline. And also hearing that Dylan Lee will do BP today, that is very encouraging. So yes. there may be some signs in this 24 hours to where, yeah, you lost a game, but you won a whole heck of a lot as you prepare to go down this final stretch and you've got the Orioles on your heels. You've got the Rangers on your heels. You've got, and notice, I keep talking about the American League because they're the ones that are really, really on your heels if you're able to get to that final destination, which is a World Series berth, right? But you've got the Dodgers on your heels as well. So I think it's it's important just as those teams have gone all in to try to get to where they want to be. I think it's important for the Braves to be able to say, hey, not that we won't make a move, at the trade deadline but bringing having these guys either back or close to coming back with max freed right around the corner for this weekend series versus the cubs i think that should give alex anthopolis some comfort and peace of mind about where he is
0: and and i think that alex has for always to put displayed the the fact that he is a guy that he's going to have a difference. Perspective than a the fan, of course, right? You yeah. know he understands what these guys bring to the table. He understands what AJ mentor brings to the table. He knows what Dylan Lee brings to the table. So when these guys are starting to creep their way back, because here we are in August, they still have, yes. you know, the best team in the Major League Baseball, the best record in baseball. They out here breaking records, hit two hundred home runs before August. Like that is, these are some of the things that have been done since two thousand nineteen with the Minnesota Twins. So all these things that are that are happening at this moment kind of further. Confirms that hey, Alex is going to be patient, and I I think even uh, Bob Nightingale was said that hey, you know who was a guy who's super super tapped in in Major League okay. Baseball said that hey, the Braves going to be relatively quiet because of these factors that I just named, people coming back and they're showing well once they do come back. So yeah. we definitely uh going to keep an eye on it, but you know you, you guys got some some names that you are interested in, go ahead drop it in the comment box. You know you know and, and I every dares, we appreciate you guys for. For commenting and doing those things as well now t when we're talking about iron sharpest iron like grady jared out here talking and you know when grady speaks we're going to listen we're going to talk about what his role the role he will play and who on the other team is going to be able to help him out or help the other part of the defense or the offense out Going forward, but first, gotta let you know that ATL Day Ones is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, fanduel.com is the number one sports book in America. So, why don't you go ahead and check those guys out? They have a super, super great deal just for you. That you can drop $20, $20 that's all you gotta do, drop $20, and you get up to $200 in bonus back, back win or lose. That's all, like, come on, that's an amazing deal. And Fanduel is the best. Best overall sportsbook to bet on Major League Baseball. We just thought, got through talking about the Atlanta Braves. Go ahead and go over there and check them out. The app is safe, secure. It's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody stealing your information. And plus, once the bet clears, you get your money right then and there. You don't have to run down the street and go text nobody trying to pull up, say, hey, I need my money. None of that. You will drop it in your account right then and there. And you can even bet on the money lines, the over-unders, you can't even bet who's going to hit the first home run. I know the Braves were a little light last night. Matt Olsen, you know, he did his thing last night. But, hey, you know, you, that might be a name you might need to um, bet on because dude is doing his doggone thing. So head to fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, excuse me, Fanduel, because it is the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball.
1: Another good bet is that this season, this offseason, this training camp, Grady Jarrett is going to refer to iron sharpens iron. I can't think of a time when we've gone up to flowery branch and he has not mentioned that or referenced it in some way. And basically what he's saying is, hey, when you get the best, then that's going to prepare you and help you to elevate your game. Right. And reports coming out of flowery branch that we've seen personally and that we've heard about. Is that competitiveness, right? Maybe one of the most talked about stories so far, that competitiveness that Clark Phillips III and Drake London are bringing back from their days in the Pac-12. So that got me to thinking about iron sharpening iron because we heard as well um, some of the O-linemen talking about their excitement about going up against the new D-linemen to see just where they are in their process. Who can you think of or what position battle on both sides of the ball where you, can, where you could see iron sharpening iron, where would that be for you?
0: Oh, to, um, for me, like the first name that comes to mind is Matthew Bergeron. Cause here's why, cause Matt Hennessy, you know, obviously he's, he's day to day. So he's kind of dealing with some things. So the Falcons, you know, it's off season. They're not going to give you a full injury report or, you know, it kind of, you know, give you some time and when exactly he's going to come back. So, Hey, they're going to kind of play that thing out that way. But, as far as Matthew Bergeron uh, is concerned, here's here's the difference. He's gonna be going up against David Yamada and and Grady Jarrett, <laughs> so that's a whole new level of iron and sharper iron. Because here's the thing, like what better D um, tackle combo is will he face this year? Now I know that we talked about on this show plenty of times last year, uh, Mister Number Ninety Five up there in Carolina, he had yeah. some. Some all no, pro type games against Derrick Brown. He had some all pro type games against the Falcons last year. So it, it'll be, it will behoove him to, you know, get that good experience of going up against some guys, the top level guys in the league as far as in the interior rush, because they're going to give him a, a good picture of mm-hmm. what it looks like to slide from that left tackle spot down into that, that left guard spot. Because, hey, those guys are going to be on you as soon as that ball is snapping. You're going to, have to figure out what you're going to do really quickly, T. So, yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind, Matthew Bergeron versus Grady Jarrett and or uh, um, uh, David Onyemata.
1: Yep, that's exactly where I was going because, interestingly enough, and we still believe that Matthew Bergeron is probably going to be your LG1 come opening day, right? But huh. this now, this situation as Matt Hennessy is dealing with that injury now kind of may speed that up a little bit, meaning we'll see more reps as they get closer to their first preseason game. And then we'll probably see those reps in the preseason game as well. I, I think that to me is, I would have to agree with you like 100%. That is the battle that I'm looking for because yeah, now Grady Jarrett has a partner. So it's like, we get to see the iron both ways, right? Like this way we'll, Matthew Bergeron going up against Grady and and David Anyamata will that sharpen him and get him? I'm going to use Bijan Robinson's word get the game to slow down for him that much quicker, and then Grady Jarrett, it's going to be iron sharpening iron because you got Anyamata over there with you, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, I really like that concept of what he talks about all the time, what Grady talks about, and kind of looking at where those battles are really sharpening. Um, really sharpening what we're seeing on, on the field each and every day. Now, the other thing that I was thinking about was this the Falcons really kind of had a reputation these first two seasons, the first two under Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, of being a team that had to go with one year prove it deals, right? Because, hey, when you right. don't have money, that's what you got to do. But you look each at each year, there was actually success in one way or another. I think Cordero Patterson is probably your most successful short term deal, right? Because you saw what he did in his first year, but man, did he break it out in his second year. vitalize his
0: career. Exactly. Like this is
1: exactly like had the best stretch and will probably continue to have the best stretch of his career because now some of that load will be taken off. But he's a good example on the offensive side, if not the whole team, the best short term deal. I say Lorenzo Carter because you were good enough for him to bring back. And they gave you a prove-it deal. So now we're in a season where the Falcons don't necessarily have as many prove-it deals, but there are some out there. So who do you feel like is that person this year, that guy, that dude, who will either you expect to have that success and maybe put themselves in position to be brought back to, or that you feel needs to have that success?
0: Wow. Oh, I'm talking about. It has to be Bud Dupree for me. <laughs> me he, too. Cause, that's cause here's same. the thing. Here's the thing. Same. Like because we know that was the, our, the, the the Falcons' biggest need to my hour. Yeah. I'm not speaking French anyway. Well, um, you know that was the Falcons' biggest need. Like for 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 me. And I know we talked about like how you know they should have gone a little bit more heavy in the def- defensively, specifically in the first round. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about bringing in that that necessary help that's going to be able to help you right away. So. Exactly. They instead of going that route, they went the whole veteran route. So yep. you go out and bring you bring back Lorenzo Carter, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Okay. But you bring in a guy like Bud Dupree who has done it. Like he mm-hmm. has gotten the, the double-digit sacks. And I think that when you have a guy in this stage of his career, I'm sure that he wanna at least get uh, another, at least another solid, you know, uh contract because you know the guy's gotten some some big, big contracts, you know what I mean? Right. So I think he had a, what, five-year, $82 million deal with the Titans, and, mm-hmm. and um uh, Arthur Smith was around for that. So he understands what, what Bud Debris brings to the table. So uh, right now, I'm looking at Bud Dupree like, hey, man, like there's nobody who has more to prove than you, sir, yeah. because here's the thing. like He can get a contract because who are the Falcons paying outside of Grady Jarrett? You know, you got David on right. your model, then, of course, you got – you know, uh, Jesse, Jesse Bates, Bates or whatever. Curry's but right. as far as upfront edge yes. rushers, guys mm-hmm. coming down the pipeline, like right. Arne Katie is on is on, a, on a rookie deal. So, yep. you know, you got D'Angelo Malone. Who knows if he's going to even rush this year? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Given how he's been been looking out there. So I think right now, Bud Dupree has a chance to establish himself as the other guy. If, yes, Hopefully, if Arne Abikati, you know, gets his stuff together. So, right. yeah, I feel like he has much, much, much to prove too. You know, to not only the Falcons but to himself as well to try to see at least get one more um, one more good deal before before he he bows out.
1: And I'm glad you said that because I would go with Bud Dupree, but I could also give a little bit of a cosign, albeit a different kind of deal in a different situation of how the Falcons got Jeff Okuda. But you I mean, might as well call Okuda. Yeah. You might as well yeah. call that prove it. Yeah, he and has one
0: year left on his contract. Exactly. So, yeah. so I'm and like, I'm, yeah. you're you're <laughs> improving Mo because right because
1: <laughs> your fifth year option. That's Did I get absolute, picked up?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep.
1: So I think that he's also in that space. But I love something that he said just yesterday, Jarvis, and it took me back to something Jerry Gray told me a couple, well, probably a month and a half ago when we first had an opportunity to meet this new coaching staff. So yesterday, Okuda was talking about the fact that he really likes Jerry Gray because Jerry Gray knows how to coach each individual and coach them to their strengths. And that's what he's looking mm. forward to. Now, take it back six weeks. And that's exactly what Jerry Gray said when he was smiling when I asked him about Jeff Okuda. And he Let said, Let me get
0: my hands on him. Yeah, I wait. like I'm gonna <laughs> I, I wanna
1: it. I wanna get him back to his Ohio State days. Yeah. And you know when a coach is excited, like genuinely chomping at the bit, because he really believes he could do it. And you know, I call him the DB whisperer anyway. So Indeed. I think there's every opportunity for Jeff Okuda, barring any injury, to show that he's that one year proven guy that. He will give the Falcons serious pause on allowing him to walk out the door. I think he could be that guy as well. Now, here was an interesting comment as we wrap up coming out of Flowery Branch Desk today. Arthur Blank had an opportunity to speak with the media. And I wanna give you the quote that all of our colleagues put out there because I thought it was very intriguing based on our conversation just yesterday about pressure. Quote, this is the third year of a three-year plan. What I see that I like a lot is that Coach Smith and Terry laid out a thoughtful and methodical plan. They've been very disciplined. I think we are moving in the right direction. I expect our team to be even more competitive now. If you plan for this moment, it's just like we said yesterday. Is there really any pressure, Jarvis?
0: No, not to be, to be honest with you, because here's the thing. Like, they got hired for a reason, and, and this is yep. coming from the man who hired them. He under, They laid out a plan saying, hey, here's what we expect to do. Here's your situation. Here's what your salary cap looked like. Yes. Here's the the real. Like, we're going to have to get rid of some folks. Right. And we, we're going to have to move on from some people that you absolutely loved as, as human beings and probably as a sure. son as well they Matt Ryan. So yes. all of those things yeah. come into play when you have a, a solid plan, a solid foundation, say, so here's how not only we know we're going to tell you how we're going to do, we're going to do it well, we're going to do well. And, and win some games, but the fact that they laid it out and, 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 and from a, a financial standpoint and from a, a, a culture standpoint, that's 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 the part that, you know, that Arthur Blank believed in, and that's why he believes in. So if you have a plan as to how to fix a disaster, so to speak, or salary cap hell, you mm-hmm. got a, a plan for how to get out of it. Yeah. So the, the easy part is executing after that because, you know, that's the hard part, like making those decisions, who to bring in, what one-year de- deal guys you need to bring in, You know, and what one-year deal guys, once you have money and you spent it, you mm-hmm. need to bring it in like we just talked about with a guy like Jeff Okuda and Bud Dupree. Once you bring those guys in to help um, beef up that roster even more so, once you spend that money on that um, exceptional talent, those are some of the things that I feel like they take away the pressure from me. Because yeah. if you have a plan and you know how to execute it, right. well, there ain't no pressure. It's just, yeah. of, it's just a matter of it's just matter of then just going out there and playing ball because right. that's the easy part, right? Like, because you know, you ask any any form of clarity, like mm-hmm. nobody likes practice, <laughs> like nobody. Who, if somebody say they like practice, they probably Michael Jordan or somebody like a uh, great or something like that, or they just not any any good or whatever. But if you talk about what we actually want to do, you know, if I can just play games, true enough, everybody else will, will say yes. Yeah, I want to play. I want to get to the games, and, and now we're at the game part. Like, here. Here, we're at the game part right now in, in this play. And so I think that we're going to be in for something really special yeah. because, like you said, the owner understands it, he gets it, and they, he understands the execution of it. And I think that Arthur Smith um, wholeheartedly believes it as well.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to kind of go back to two words that he used, thoughtful and methodical plan. Because when we were all kind of postulating about where they were going to go in the draft. Right. And then, maybe days, maybe one or two days before the actual draft, we started hearing buzz about john Robinson being their oh, pick. Yeah. And we were like, oh no, not another mm-hmm. offensive skill player. No, no. But mm-hmm. as you saw the rest of their picks, how they went up to get Matthew wrong so they were getting the type of help that Desmond Ritter would need and getting some help in the DB room in Clark Phillips III. That's when you started to say to yourself, and even to Zach Harrison, oh, okay, we see how you're going about it. You did go and get an O-lineman from the draft, which is basically where you go and get your best O-lineman. you got to draft them and then cultivate, right?" right? And then on the defensive side of the ball, you went and kind of got a mix. You got some veterans that are that are coming into their own, like a Caden Ellis, a Jesse Bates the third, who are continuing to come in their own. And you got some that may be in the twilight, but still got a little bit left in the tank, like a Calais Campbell. So that to me is thoughtful and methodical because you had a part A to that plan. You had a part B to that plan. And now, like you're saying, it's time to just wait for the opportunity to execute. So what do you guys think? I mean, who do you guys think is that one-year prove-it guy that you say, hey, He needs to be successful, but I expect him to be successful to give the Falcons some pause on possibly bringing him back. And, of course, Iron Sharpens sharpens Iron. We told you guys a couple of matchups that we like. What do you like? You can let us know, right? Go to YouTube like you always do. Check us out. And don't forget to put a comment in the chat because, hey, we may mention it right here on our broadcast. And, again, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download ATL Day 1s, too.
0: But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is definitely no different. When you think about, like, like for those you don't know, like, kind of bring you into the whole media world, Arthur Smith and D. Orlando Ledbetter have a very interesting relationship, right? Because, yeah. you know, coming in, D-Led was the guy who always got the first question. And, you know, Arthur Smith kind of, a little, it seems like he was a little... Bit sketchy about you know somebody having to designate the designated first question. Right. <laughs> but you know, he kind of acquiesced because you know yeah. it's just how things have been going for the past however long d has yeah. been on this Atlanta Falcons beat, because the man is just a, a staple in in the media community. But yeah, I think that but Arthur Smith got a little, you know, got a little emotional, I think. You know, saying he kind of missed D-Led because D-Led yeah. wasn't there for the first couple of days of practice. So right. he ended up going taking a step further saying he ended up finding d five hundred dollars <laughs> and wrote up a nice letter like with the letterhead signature yes. all this stuff like official official and you know everybody was like oh wow and D was like you know yeah I guess I have to pay a fine so he did and he brought the big the big uh, lottery check you know to, uh, today <laughs> today, T, and, and presented it to him and said and did one of the best things you probably could do and it, it falls in line with who D is as a person I know there's a character of d but d led the person, it is such an amazing guy, just a great yeah. dude. So he said that, hey, Arthur Smith can pick whatever charity he wants it to go to. And, you know, how about that, T? He turned a joke, you know, and made it serious. And now he's going to the $500 is going to go to charity for to whatever choice d wants because Arthur Smith went up to him and said, you know what, you choose it. And then I'll double it. So how yes. about that, T? That is some cool stuff right there. And then
1: Arthur Blank came on top of that and said, I'll add to it as well. I just love it. I'm love like, it. That, that is the best cool. story coming out of Flowery Brand so far <laughs> yes, during yes. training camp. And here's the thing, too. As the media, we try to take a back a backseat because the story isn't about us. The story is about the coaches and the players and the owners, yep. right? But mm-hmm. this is that one time where finally we get to take center stage and the guy who literally we call the OG, he yes. is he deserves to take center stage. And it was such a funny story. I talked to him Sunday and he was saying how we call her the queen. That's his wife. He was saying how the queen booked a, a vacation and mm-hmm. he like kept trying to figure out, kept asking about when is the first day of training camp? And I guess the Falcons just didn't have that date set. So the Queen went ahead and booked the vacation. And hey, you couldn't get out of it, right? Right. So it's just kind of right. So he was like, hey, that's what I have to do to keep a happy home. And, and so they go on the vacation, they come back, and, and hear this this comes. And it just blows up and people have video right and now you gotta check. <laughs> and it's just so very cool. Because of course, um, you know, the other piece there is that he is my fraternity brother like my mentor and all things big bro all of that stuff right because he being a part of omega Psi Phi fraternity their mission statement is transforming communities through service and mentorship and nobody does service and mentorship better than d-led so he Mm -hmm. has mentored so many of us on the beat and taken us under his wing and that is why we defer to him as okay is d-led going to go ahead and kick this thing off Okay, now the D-Less folks right, exactly. and the rest of us can kind of chime in where yes, we want to, but it's absolutely. such a great beat to be on because we do have such quality people on the beat. But man, I just love this story because, hey, it gets intense out there for training camp. Yeah. It is hot as all get-out and the players and the coaches and the media, everybody's like, God, this is like hell on earth. But when you mm-hmm. have a story like this coming out, it just makes you smile and makes you remember. And I'm sure as a player makes you remember as well just the fun that you can have at training camp as well
0: absolutely and and i, I never forget i think it was back in 2014 like d was one of the first people to approach me out there because you yeah. know how it is like new i got I, they call it a new booty you know what i'm saying like oh, new person okay. out there a new person out there you know oh well well in an, another uh um establishment you know oh. when new people or first day people you know they kind of refer to them as that yeah oh
1: Let me get back to my story. I'm sorry. I'm talking myself into
0: a ditch right now. now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll never forget, you know, when I first came out there, like, because, you know, everybody have a conversation with people who they know, been on the beat and all that stuff. And and I'm just kind of standing off there, off to the side. I'm just kind of looking, not really knowing what to do. And I'm just like, all right, looking around. The next thing you know, I had this guy come up. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm the Orlando bad for AJC. I was like, "Oh man, nice to meet you." I'm Jarvis Man. I read your stuff all the time. You know how they go, but yeah, just a just an amazing dude. Just took time out to just kind of talk to me and everything, kind of see, you know, kind of see where I was and in, in the industry and everything. So yeah, it was just just all I'll forever in debt to a guy like D. because he's he's just there. He's always there for you. You know, like when you have questions about anything and he doesn't mind, you know, you know, getting on your level as far as just, you know, just kind of rapping with you, you know, just being a, a normal person. Because, you know, sometimes people get these egos and stuff in this industry. And, yeah. Yeah, and he can
1: because he's a professor at UGA. He is a licensed attorney. He's been yes. the president of the Professional Fol- uh, Football Writers Association and has a vote. For the Hall of Fame. So yeah, if anybody could have the big head, it certainly could be him, but he's anything but that. So yeah, let's let's keep it coming. You know what? Maybe the rest of us in the media will chime in and write a little check too and and uh do it for a good cause. One of these
0: days, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do that as
1: well. So but we hope Spencer Strider is writing checks on people at the plate in the yes. worst way possible. Possible. We hope that that's the story we bring bring you guys tomorrow. And of course, we're gonna follow any other stories that are coming out of Flowery Branch and let you know what's going on there. And of course, any story that is sports related in this town, you can get it and get all the goods and all the tea right here at ATL Day One. So make sure you come back.
0: And last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure you guys both share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.